to another episode of the Multiply Podcast. My name is Sarah. Um, I work with Empty Mission, and here with me are not one co-host, but two co-hosts. We have, well, how about you guys introduce yourselves? Carson, you're the old hat. You should start. Yeah, this is Carson from MDCM. Same old boring Carson, but uh, the exciting news okay. is... Carla Brown from the MB Herald has joined the team. Good to have you, Carla. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to join. It's been fun working on the interview Carson and I did together, and I'm looking forward to our future collaboration. That's right. Uh, Carla and I were at Westwood Church just a couple days back, and we interviewed Jonathan Muley, who is the pastoral apprentice uh, at Westwood. Both uh, the Herald and uh, we here at Multiply are uh, sort of teaming up on a story. We're going to hear a little bit about uh, Jonathan's role at, at Westwood. We'll hear from uh, the lead pastor, Russ Toes, and uh, Carla will have a whole lot more to say about the Elevation Program in the pages of the Herald. So I'm going to encourage everyone who's listening to pick up uh, the next issue and read more about it. here today at Westwood Community Church with Carla, and we're interviewing Jonathan Muling, who is a pastoral apprentice here at Westwood, and you're about to begin, or you're just beginning, your second year in Elevation. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Second year. So what is Elevation? Uh, Elevation is... Uh, basically a training program where I'm learning to be a pastor. So I'm working here at Westwood half-time, and I'm going to school half-time as well, uh, getting my master's uh, from CMU, Master of Arts in Christian Ministries. So we're wondering, why Elevation? Why at this time, and why personally for you? Uh, why Elevation? That's a big question for me. It really has to, I have to go back a ways and kind of talk about where I was. Uh, and I uh, initially graduated from CMU with Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, uh, and I was intent on working with at-risk youth here in Winnipeg, and uh, I got a job doing that, and uh, just spending some time there, I uh, started to have some mental health issues and was really battling with anxiety there, uh, and just realized I needed to change. Um, MB Mission just came up with their Central Canada Trek program, signed up for that. Um, Still thinking I'd be working with at-risk youth, but things weren't really coming together with that. And uh, through some conversations with some some of my community, uh, as well as Russ Taves, or Russ Toes, sorry, here, our pastor here, um, just decided to try interning as a pastor. Um, So I, through Trek, I was an intern here and uh, learning to be what it learning what it means to be a pastor and I just felt a peace about it uh, and felt called to pursue it further so then I signed up for elevation the next year and that was a bit unusual for trek as well wasn't it even though it was the first year most of the trekkers it was a one-year program and they were doing more mission type of training um Yes and no. Uh, Trek BC is very much focused to that. Trek Central Canada is really about uh, just raising leaders for the church. Um, yes, they, MB Mission itself has a focus for um, overseas missionaries, but they definitely want uh, this to be a focus as well, uh, training local leaders. What does apprenticeship mean? How does it differ from internship? Uh, 
Well, internship, which I did through Trek, was more about learning learning about being a pastor, whereas the apprenticeship, I see it as more learning how to be a pastor. So it's not just seeing uh, if it's a fit for me, but now that I believe it is a fit for me, how do I go about being a pastor now? And you mentioned that theological studies is also part of, it's built into the Elevation program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now this is kind of an obvious question, (laughs) but I think every person will have a different answer to it. And if you have any specifics, that would be great. What are the advantages of pairing theological training with doing church work? Uh, Uh, Well, it's kind of like a co-op program, so I'm getting both the education side of things as well as experience, and I've been told a lot that churches are constantly looking for people that have both experience and the education. Um, A lot of people uh, will get their BA and then go straight into their MA, and then when they're graduating, churches are looking at them and saying, well, you don't have the practical experience yet, Uh, or the flip side. They get their BA um, and go work in a church. But when it comes time to be a lead pastor, some people are looking at them saying, well, you don't quite have the theological background that we're looking for at this time. Uh, So they're saying go back to school. So with Elevation, I'm actually getting both at the same time. I'm getting the experience and I'm getting the education. So Elevation, we know, is a four-year program. I mentioned earlier you're just beginning your second-year program. So at what point in the process, um, how could you describe where you are right now? How do I describe where I'm at? Uh, second year, um, so I've finished six classes at CMU and I have to complete 20 in total. Um, so still got a ways to go there, but starting seven and eight this semester, uh, really enjoying that aspect of things. Um, as far as working in the church goes, Westwood has committed to uh, help with the training for two years. After that, I'm not sure 100% where I'm going, um, but that's to be um, figured out as we go along and kind of talk to community and we'll discern that together. Uh, so that's where I'm at right now. Can you tell us some stories? Um, t- touch on what are some of the joys and struggles that you've experienced as you've as you've gone through this, and maybe what is some of the freedom and some of the flexibility that being an apprentice offers that trying to break into the job market uh, wouldn't offer you? Mm-hmm. Some of the freedom that I have. Well, just being an apprentice, I, I've found that I have uh, a lot more freedom to make mistakes. Um, Sometimes I feel like lead pastors, uh, people always look at you like you're perfect and you can't really make mistakes. Uh, and if you do, then people just kind of disregard you and uh, are really, uh, I don't want to say mean, but it, it comes across as a bit harsh sometimes if they're giving feedback or something. Uh, but as an apprentice, uh, I feel like people recognize that I'm in this learning process. Uh, and I, I found people here at Westwood. Um, They're very gracious towards me uh, and always encouraging me to just keep going. If I make a mistake, they'll come approach me uh, just out of love and they'll say, hey, like I noticed during the service you did this, maybe 
maybe like can you do this instead because this is how it makes us feel so uh, they're very gracious and they want me to learn uh, so that's where I find a lot of freedom in my role here yeah. Would you say you feel, um, I guess, as much from the church as from your own permission you give yourself, mm-hmm. do you feel opportunity to to experiment? Because you don't have to be yeah. perfect. So can you try things that might be destined to fail, but just to find out what's going to happen? Yeah, I'm finding that right now. Uh, I've taken leadership with uh, this new initiative that we're starting up uh, that actually came out of our time with Focused mm-hmm. Ministry um, that we did with uh, MB conference um, and uh, so just taking leadership with that I'm finding people are saying yeah go ahead do stuff and I'm finding I can just go ahead and kind of uh, do things on my own and uh, like still through discernment and with community but uh, there's definitely the permission to just go out and do things try try new things you told us a little bit of your history and how you got to this point but uh, i'm wondering if you'd be willing to speak a little bit more about your your personal motivation and what how did you choose <laughs> what led you to become a pastor uh i would definitely say it wasn't my choice mm-hmm. um i was definitely called here um personally i don't feel motivated to become a pastor but it God called me here and uh, I'm here uh, I'm doing what I can that being said I definitely feel motivated to see people develop a deeper relationship with Christ uh, in today's uh, secular society uh, many people they know the name Jesus Christ but they don't actually know him they don't have that relationship with him uh, and that really breaks my heart that uh, Christ is so misrepresented in today's society so that's my motivation right now for being a pastor so through your work and through your studies in in this program over the last year and a little bit embarking on your second year can you talk a little bit about where you've met god in unexpected places Mm. well i've met god in a lot of places uh, as i said through the people always encouraging me um through just different church programs going on here i constantly see God but one of the unexpected places for me was uh, in sermons uh, I don't feel like I'm very gifted with public speaking all the time uh, and yet God always shows up he gives me the words to say um, and, and in the preparations as well when I sit down open the Bible and just really start studying it what is the message what does God want me to say uh, yeah, the Bible just comes alive during those times. God really meets with me uh, in that in that study period, and uh, for me, that's been unexpected. I think that uh, God's really come alive so much in in the sermon preparations and in the sermon itself. Now, you were the first to participate in Elevation. Yeah, a uh, little, little bit of a guinea pig, maybe, uh, but you've had some experience under your belt now, and there are others who have entered the program and wondered if you might uh, share some words of encouragement or just some advice for anybody who's considering joining in the Elevation program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The biggest word of advice that I would say is make sure that it's something you are truly called to. Uh, 
it's tough. It's uh, by no means easy to be a pastor. Um, and without the support of your community uh, and just a dependency on the Holy Spirit, uh, this would be an impossible thing. So make sure that it's something that you're called to discern with your community. Um, make sure that you are right with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to throw an unscripted question at you here. Right. At the beginning, uh, when you were saying about your journey to into this program, mm-hmm. you mentioned you were initially working with at-risk youth yeah. when you graduated from CMU. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what happened? happened to that to that call to that sense of ministry is that included in what you're doing now is that a continuing dream or has it changed into something else i still yeah definitely have a desire to see healing uh, amongst youth uh, i love working with at-risk youth um, but it, I just never had a piece about it. Uh, and there's a part of me that maybe thinks it's the position I was in. Um, but I think that was also just me trying to follow my own my own path. Uh, and it wasn't what God wanted for me in my life. Um, and uh, I, I briefly mentioned earlier that as soon as I said yes, I'll learn what it means to be a pastor there's just this overwhelming piece about it uh, and I can't explain it other than this is the Holy Spirit saying yes finally you're listening to what I'm saying and, and yeah, uh, I definitely love working with youth, and um, I enjoy working with the youth here at church. I wouldn't say it's quite the same population as far as at-risk youth go, um, but uh, hopefully someday those two will cross paths a bit more than they have so far. But yeah, we'll see, and we'll see what God has in store. Another one. I'm really drilling into the tough questions here. <laughs> um, when you look over that that journey and how mm-hmm. it's taken, it's taken a while to get to this point, right? Yeah. Does it feel like, man, I was just missing missing the boat on that, or have you seen how God has been leading you all the way? And what maybe seemed like false starts were were all part of his his tapestry of your life. Definitely, yeah. Like I can look back and see, okay, yeah, God was still with me on that journey, even though I was kind of going it on my own um uh often it's in the valleys where we learn the most so uh i don't regret any of those uh decisions like the education aspect i have a ba in psychology which i think is a great background to have working with people and so in the church it's it's phenomenal to have really um and i i don't regret uh any of that at all uh, and, and I think working with at-risk youth uh, has provided me with a lot of training as well um, that I think can be brought forward into the church um, things working with mental health issues uh, it runs rampant in society and often churches um, they're uh, sometimes they're blind to it they don't really recognize it quite the same way as uh, uh, secular organizations have um, and so I have training um, for suicide intervention um, nonviolent crisis intervention things like that which I think uh, create a strong background as well for uh, church work so you're in you're smack dab in the middle of studies you're working. Mm-hmm. 
part-time here at the church, I can imagine you're pretty busy. Oh, and yeah. you, the whole idea of downtime is, is probably uh, you know, far removed from reality. But uh, what do you do to unwind? Uh, there's a couple things. Uh, you can first off say I'm kind of like Jesus. I love woodworking. Uh, I'm not a great carpenter, but uh, it's something that I really enjoy. So I've recently built a brand new coffee table for my living room. Nice. Um, that's something that I really enjoy doing, just getting out into the garage and doing some work. Uh, and recently I've gotten into going to the gym and this is partly because my brother ended up in the hospital, uh, for four months, uh, due to pancreatitis and it made, uh, my whole family really just kind of look at our lifestyles and realize, yeah, we need to be a bit more healthy here. So, um, me and both my brothers, we got gym memberships and have been trying to go on a regular basis with each other. So, and yeah, through that, I found that it's a good way to just unwind and, uh, let go of the stress. Right. Yeah. Good, healthy choices. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much for inviting us here today. Oh, it was Appreciate great to have it. you. Thanks. A bit later, we caught up with Westwood's lead pastor, Russ Toes. We asked Russ what attracted him to the Elevation program. Okay, Jonathan was uh, part of our congregation and did the Trek program, uh, and that went very well. And uh, I was sad to see him leave, and so we wanted to continue that on as long as we could. So we got into Elevation. So this wasn't someone who parachuted in, just came from nowhere, and you went, hey, we need, we need a worker, let's use this guy. But it was someone who was part of your congregation, you had seen his gifts and you were going, yeah, yes, we uh, want to create opportunity. Yeah, Jonathan has worked uh, primarily, I guess, with our youth, but had been here for a bunch of years and uh, uh, we knew him well and the church knew him well. I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> So they were eager to have him and to give him the opportunity to yes. use his gifts more fully. Yes. Because he's an apprentice, that means he is apprenticing to someone, which would be you, which means you're his teacher. You have to, you have to teach him stuff. So what does it mean for you as a lead pastor to, to have an apprentice with your church? Well, when you put it that way, it sounds intimidating. Uh, I think probably the, the main part of it is uh, just kind of getting to know each other and he watching and I watching him. Uh, but what it means is there's stuff that I can um, put onto his his desk that, that he can then uh, do. He's taken the lead in uh, one of the projects we have as a church and uh, does uh, preaches uh, once a month uh, approximately. Uh, the So that's kind of the, where it's stuff off my desk. On top of that, uh, we end up uh, visiting and talking, working through some some stuff, so that's, uh, that's additional work, but it's all good. I'm going to drill into that. You, you said that he watches you and you watch him. So what have you learned from watching Jonathan? Well, I can tell you things that I admire about Jonathan and Melanie as well. Uh, they uh, have actually come as a couple to our church. Jonathan and Mel have a servant attitude and uh, are keen to uh, jump in and do things. Uh, always uh, kind of a willingness to get involved, uh, 
kind of jump in and get uh, get dirty. Um, so I, I admire that. What about the church? How has the church uh, responded to having this apprentice who's a pastor, but not quite in the same position? Um, has that has that had any impact in in the congregation, either in what you've been able to do as a body together, or? Um, do people find him more approachable because he's, he's, you said you're not on a pedestal, but people sometimes think, you know, the lead pastor have to be perfect around him. Are they, are they more free around someone who, who doesn't bear the, the weight of the full mantle? I don't know if they're more free around him. Um, that you'd have to ask him. I get a lot of positive uh comments from the congregation about Jonathan, uh, particularly the Sunday morning uh, stuff. The, the church, I think, uh, views him very highly. And um, and that that started even before he was apprenticed here. When they uh, came to our church and got involved, uh, people took notice. And um, I think he and Mal are greatly appreciated in our church. One last question, and then I'll leave you alone. <laughs> What would be your advice for a church that is considering possibly signing up to sponsor an Elevation Apprentice? My advice would be go for it. Do it. Uh, like not every apprentice uh, works out exactly the way you think it should. Uh, but even so, like I've, I've, we've done this before in, other, uh, in a, another congregation. And even when it isn't the work out exactly the way you think, it's, it's good for, there's good things for the church and good things for the apprentice, uh, good things for the pastor as well. And uh, give you young people a chance. Thanks, Russ. You're welcome. Beth, Carla, and Sarah, we're all in ministry. We're not pastors, but we do work in the ministry. And uh, wondered if uh, either of you guys had some experience in how you uh, got to where you are. Was there any type of um, program, any type of thing that helped uh, springboard your career? Um, yes, I do have one such thing. When I was in high school, there was a program in existence called Ministry Quest, which was put on by the MB Conference, um, both in Canada and the States. And so it was a one. It was a program that was one year in length for high school kids who wanted to just uh, explore vocational ministry potentially. And so they paired you up with a mentor, and there was there were two retreats throughout the year. Um, and that was something that you were supposed to be approached to do it. You were supposed to, like, the youth pastors or whoever were supposed to kind of pick out the young leaders and invite them to this program. But I just really wanted it. Yeah, but I just wanted it, so I just asked for it. And I got to go. And it was that was definitely uh, an impactful time for me where I got to, like, interact with a bunch of older leaders who were already working in ministry and get spoken into. And just it was very encouraging and affirming. Just so I know, like, thing. what... What is an older leader? What age makes a leader? Well, when I was 15, yeah. pretty much like an adult right. was like an older leader. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, you would be considered Yeah, that's what, really person. what I was getting at. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, whatever happened to ministry requests? I think it came to an end when the seminary was divested or turned into two national entities rather than a binational group working together. Uh, yeah, it was a special thing, though. It was very beneficial. I made some friendships that I still have also, which is really cool. So that was an on-ramp for me in the same, not in the same way, but similar purpose, but different demographic, I guess, than uh, the Elevation program has now. Full disclosure, back in the day, like way back as a freelancer, I would do some design work 
for ministry quests and brochures and things like that. And uh, we'd often use uh, photography of young adults, teenagers, who are um, sitting atop of a, just a humongous tree trunk, you know, reading from their Bible or, or doing some form of study. And, uh, and that alone made me just want to uh, go to Fresno and... and sit atop a huge tree trunk and uh, enjoy yeah. the program. I specifically remember I sitting under palm trees oh, while out well, there. It does sound pretty good. It was pretty idyllic. And so what about somebody who's a bit younger of that age group now and they're looking for a similar experience and uh, an opportunity to explore a calling or potential calling? Just drawing from what we have in the room and I, I work for MB Mission obviously and um, our our mandate or our central Canada office, a big part of what we do is just try to gather as many people as we can to just ask them how they're being called to live out the Great Commission and how God is, yeah, how God is inviting them to do that. So starting with junior high, senior high, they can come on our 10 days or Heartland program in the inner city of Winnipeg. Um, and as they're a little bit older, we have a six-week summer program. We have a nine or ten, we have two nine or ten month programs now, one for gap year students and one for people who have already got a degree and are considering long-term mission more seriously. And kind of what we try to do is, yeah, ask this question of how is God um, calling you to live out the Great Commission? Because we're all called to it, but it looks different for everybody. And as people begin to discern that perhaps they're called to overseas mission or to vocational ministry, then we walk with them and we take them through um, kind of more and more discernment-heavy programs. Um, at which point they they sometimes just go out as long-term missionaries. But it can start just with a general interest in leadership or in in a deeper faith, and often the entryway for MB Mission would be Sore Heartland. Mm, okay. What's going on in, with the next issue of the Herald, and where do, you, where do you think you might want to take this story? We're focusing on generosity in the sense of how do we use not just finances, how are we generous also with our time and with our resources. Uh, so we have some stories of how churches mm-hmm. um, gave sacrificially of their of their people and of their their physical and ministry resources, not just their financial resources, to help with other ministries. And you see that that cool. synergy of, of when we when we help each other and use our gifts in mm-hmm. different ways. Oh, cool. Sounds great. Multiplied Podcast is brought to you today by Mennonite Brethren Church of Manitoba, NBCM, NB Mission, and in partnership with NB Herald and the Canadian Conference of Mennonite Brethren Churches.